Welcome to Sense You Ask, a podcast where we have authentic conversations built around your questions on life, biblical Christianity, and occasionally completely random topics. Now here's your hosts, Ben Farley and Ben Van Hyning. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to Since You Ask. That sip signified oh. that we we have made it. We made it. I, I didn't know that we had made it until just a little bit ago. Just a little bit ago. We, we've made it. We are happy to announce that we are officially recording in the Common Grounds Coffee Lounge studio. Studio. Uh, we have a studio. It's just... Yeah. It's just unreal. I know. I... When... You know, that conversation just occurred. I just sat back and said, how do you, you know, now I understand what it's like when you, you, the guy finally gets the book published. Yeah. Or when, you know, the, the woman writes the, the song that gets, you know, recorded. I get it now. Right. We have that feeling. Uh, We are, I don't want to brag. You know, I want to stay humble in all this. Go ahead and brag a little. We are sipping on free coffee. Free. Which is the best flavor. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. we have gotten uh, free coffee for our sponsorship deal with Common Grounds Coffee Lounge, right? Um, owned by our good friends Devin and Destiny Daniels. Yes. Uh, if you guys are in Flora, Illinois, you are in for a treat. Uh, drive here, whatever it takes. Um, yep. Get here. Tell them that Ben and Ben sent you. And here's what we're we're gonna do. Um, we want to throw out a challenge for our loyal listeners. Um, we'll see. Well, here really what we're saying is is we're we're hoping someone is listening. Because <laughs> yes. if someone is listening, this will get done. We want to justify right. this new sponsorship deal right. uh, and make sure that it's worth it for Common yeah. Grounds Coffee Lounge. So here's what we want you to do. If you are at Common Grounds Coffee Lounge in Flora, Illinois, look them up on Facebook. Uh, come in, and when the barista says, "What can I get you?" The first person that says, well, since you asked, here's my order. Yeah. Yep. That's it. The coffee's on us. That's it. We will buy your coffee so you can experience the joys of free coffee that we're now experiencing. Absolutely. And I'm going to even say, like, if you're in with your, your wife, your husband, your, we'll even buy both of your coffee. I mean, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's a, you know, we want to make sure that we're really throwing out the big yeah. The big offers. Yeah. No, you know, nobody can accuse us of being cheap. No, no, certainly not. So yeah, you just come in with your uh, significant other or whoever. Yep. And um, we'll buy coffee. Yeah. So again, the first person that says, once the barista asks, what can I get you? Well, since you asked, since you asked. gets a free coffee yep. or two on us. So like, make sure you visit Common Grounds Coffee Lounge. But we are here recording in the Common Grounds Coffee Lounge studio. Um, this is episode nine of wow. Since You Asked. Um, every episode, I'm just amazed that uh, that this has gotten this far, that we've gotten the, the listeners that yeah. we have. It is awesome. So yep. I want to thank you for that. Um, if you would do us a favor, and so many of you have done this, if you would leave us a rating, uh, whether you're on iTunes, whether you're or Apple Podcasts, you're on Spotify, leave us a rating. Uh, if it has the capability to leave a review, please do that as well. Yeah. Um, all of that makes the podcast more visible, and, and so it's just seen and heard by more people. So we would love yeah. if you would do that. Well, as is common with every episode, uh, today is a day worth celebrating. As we record this, it is Tuesday, August 16th. And Tuesday, August 16th is a day uh, that you should be celebrating what, Ben? There's some 
some exciting things really. And maybe one thing that, you know, we should be careful how, how you celebrate it. Yeah. Um, one is national airborne day, which is kind of neat because really it, it was a date that was kind of created and put on the calendar to celebrate our air national, our national air forces. Gotcha. So of the different kinds that are included in that army parachute jumpers and all kinds yeah. of people. Um, and so we can, you can observe one of the things that says that you can do is actually watch a documentary about airborne troops wow. in the United States military or go skydiving. If go, you really want to celebrate it, you, if you experience wanna, what if they you experience. Do that, if you really want to do that. I, I know one man um, actually here in Florida that actually served with the 101st airborne in Vietnam. Wow. And uh, yeah. Uh, goosebump type of stories uh, and he hasn't told me anything specific but just just the service that he did when he served wow uh, it, uh pretty exciting and the guys that uh, i actually had an uncle my grandma my grandma's brother uh was in the navy during korean uh, the korean war and uh he actually won the the navy cross uh wow. the distinguished cross because it, it's the second highest thing you can get besides the national the medal of honor wow um congressional medal of honor he won it and went to the white house we have pictures of him receiving his medal um he he did he was a paratrooper that's awesome and uh so yeah that's kind of a thing that lives within my heart yeah it's a, it's a big deal yeah so uh, anytime we can take time to do that um it's, it's national roller coaster day Really? Yeah, I said that like it was a question. I, I, yes, I assume that is correct. It, it is, is National oh, Roller is. Coaster Day. Okay. Um, and the roller coaster was first invented, um, like in 1898. Can really? you imagine that long ago? It was like a the side of a mountain, like a railroad design kind yeah. of a thing. And yeah, uh, those are some brave souls that would get on one back then. Not happening. Wow. I mean, I what I was going to ask you, what is your favorite? roller coaster um gosh it's been quite a while since i've ridden one um in six flags st louis there was the batman it was one where you know it comes over your chest yeah, your, cool. uh, yeah. your legs are dangling um uh, i like that one now there's another one at six flags st louis i'm assuming it's still around called the mr freeze uh, that's one where it shoots you out you do a loop-de-loop -loop and then go straight yeah. up and you hang there for a little bit, yeah. and then you come back down and do it again backwards. I didn't love that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, no. no. But I did like the Batman, so that's probably my favorite. No. Yeah, I, I've done all the Six Flags ones, the ones that just... The uh, what was the one that, that just beat you to death? It was the wooden roller coaster. Um, oh, is that the, the Screaming Eagle? Eagle? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yep. Um, we've done that. I've done a couple of... The last roller coaster ride I went on, I went with Miley... And I thought she was going to fall out. Yeah. She was so small. And they said she was fine to ride it. But I really, and so I haven't been on one since. Yeah. Scared us both pretty good. <laughs> uh, the ride itself didn't scare me as much as losing her flipping yeah, out the that side. Yeah, that would put a damper on the ride. Yeah. yeah. There is a world's fastest uh, roller coaster. As of 2021, the Ferrari World Abu Dhabi in the United uh, Arab, Arab Emirates. Fastest roller coaster. Really? Guess how fast that thing goes. Oh, gosh. 110. Try 149. Wow. 149 miles an hour. Yeah, no thanks. Nope. Not doing it. Yeah. Tallest wow. ones in Six Flags, Golden Kingdom in uh, Jackson, New Jersey, uh, 456 feet, hmm. which is 
45 skyscraping stories. Wow. According to this. So, yeah. National yeah. Roller Coaster Day. We went to Gatlinburg a few weeks ago with the kids, and we were looking at doing what they – they have a phenomenon going on down. Everybody's building a mountain coaster now. Really? And you can go up to the top of the mountain and ride down about 35 miles an hour. You just sit on, like, a car. Yeah. Two of you can sit next to each other if you want to. It's like 40 bucks. We didn't do it this time, but we're yeah. going to definitely do it some of these times. And Wow. It, they say it's a great way to experience Huh. mountains that's pretty cool yeah by flying down them by fl- screaming <laughs> down them uh yeah whether you want to do that or not depending on how wet it is and all the other yeah, things that, yeah there's some certain factors brakes. that would determine whether or not i wanted to do big that, time but, wow. uh national rum day now this is the one we need to be careful with rum day don't yes. celebrate that too hard yes you know it responsibly was used as, yeah i mean it was used as currency at one point you know when they really? were you know, coming across Christopher Columbus and all that, the rum was a major commodity. Now, I mean, you know, it yeah. rums in everything now, yeah. and you can buy. I always heard someone say they were rum dumb. Hmm. I didn't know what rum dumb was. Now I now understand. You, now you understand. Yeah. yeah. So National Rum Day, if you don't, yeah. sell. I like uh, like a butter rum cake. That's good. Butter. Oh, it's excellent for flavoring things yes. like that. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, the the drink that. Devin made me before he left was uh it's a bourbon barrel latte yeah so it's got just a slight flavor of bourbon yes non-alcoholic non-alcoholic it's just coffee flavoring yeah uh but if you like that kind of thing man that's a maybe that's maybe the person who asked since you asked or says since you asked when they come in would want to order a bourbon barrel there you go i got a uh chocolate porter latte That's and, really good. And I'm not a I'm not a sweet coffee guy. Give me black coffee or yep. give me nothing. Yep. And but this is really good. Yeah. So Kind yeah. made me one like that. There was a coconut chocolate porter. Interesting. And a latte. It was very good. Wow. Very good. So then lastly, today is National Tell a Joke Day. You know, so we the, got it, don't we? The dad jokes. We got it. Yeah, whatever they are. Yeah. So go ahead. I you said you had a good one. Okay. Um so I hope I, I hope I do this justice. Uh, there was a woman who uh, was was going into town. Uh, she lived out on the outskirts of town, so the only transportation she had uh, yeah. was a bus. And so, uh, meanwhile, she's uh, bringing her baby with her into town. So she steps up on the bus and uh, greets the bus driver as she would every morning. And the bus driver kind of stops and and stares at her, and he's shocked. And he says, "That is the ugliest baby I have ever seen." <laughs> And so immediately, you know, the new mom is ticked. Yeah. But she doesn't say anything, so she walks to the back of the bus. She sits down by a man, and she's just fuming. And this guy can see there's something something bothering her. And he says, hey, is everything okay? And she's like, no, you will not believe what this guy said to me. I, I, I can't even say it out loud, and I have half a mind to go and just give him a piece of my mind. Yeah. He says, listen, I, I think you should. Go confront him about it, and I'll hold your monkey while you do. <laughs> <laughs> See, if we were doing that thing they do online now where you can't laugh or try not to laugh, I lost. Yeah. That is really funny. That is really, really is funny. Yeah. It's kind of the go-to thing that, like, I have one that I always tell. It's about two brothers who uh, their parents died. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were they were ugly, mm-hmm. ugly brothers. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't know if they went to a – if they went to find, like, help in the local towns – if they would find any help, if they went together. So they thought they would try separate. Mm-hmm. So one goes east and one goes west. 
get to the town. The, the first one arrives at a town. He's asking for people to help him. No, can't really find anybody to help him. He says, I'll work. I'll work really hard. He finally comes to the church. It's on the edge of town. It's got a great big steeple and, and a bell up on the, uh, in, the, in the belfry. Mm -hmm. And the priest comes out and says, what do you need, my son? And he says, I just need some work and a place to sleep. But, and I'm willing to work for food and all that. And he says, you know what? I got a perfect job. There's a bell up at the top of this building, the steeple, that hasn't rang in years. And we cannot figure out how to get it to ring. If you can get it to ring, you'll be a celebrity around here. So he says, okay. He goes up, watches, he walks around it. There's no rope. And there's no, there's no real good way to ring the bell. But this kid says, I got an idea. He gets a run at it and jumps out and lands on the bell. Smacks right into it. Falls to his death. As he falls to his death, the townspeople come because the bells haven't rang in years. And the priest runs downstairs to check on the young man. He's dead or in a door. I mean, he's just laying there. And people are like, who is this kid that, that did this glorious thing? He says, I don't know. But his face rings a bell. <laughs> so some time goes by. Bells don't ring. The other brother comes goes to the church the church the priest says hey yeah i've got a job for you somebody came a lot long ago and made the bells ring if you can make it ring we would you know celebrity status he goes up to the top of the belfry walks around some people already know what's coming by the way they walk around he looks at it, he says I, I think i can make it ring he gets a run at it jumps out on it smacks it right into and but the bells ring like they've never rang since they the last time they rang falls to his death and people come from all around because the, bell, the bells don't ring normally. So they rang and the priest comes down and the people are like, who is this person that made the bells ring? And he says, I don't know, but he's a dead ringer for the last guy that made them ring. <laughs> he's a dead ringer. Oh, boy. That is, that you is said, a... Well, you were being patient with me, but you were starting to wonder why. I was wondering where this up, was man. going. I thought the first punchline was the end of the joke. So, no, no the that was... No, the Ringer one is really that was That was well done. Yeah. Nice. So, yeah. That's a go-to. Yeah. You just And you can make it as long as you want. Well, yeah. Or as short as you want. So, hey, comment your best joke. Uh, oh, we're going to post this that. on our Facebook page. Just search for Since You Asked. Uh, look for our icon and post <laughs> your best joke. Oh, that'd be awesome. We I may can't even wait. read it on air. We'll see. We we could do that. That would be great. Well, we are in episode nine overall, but we're in episode two yeah. of our uh, series that we're doing, a nine-part series on different worldviews. Um, last week, we kind of took the uh, really setting the stage for everything that we're going to compare to. Uh, we gave you this idea of Christian theism, this worldview. And so if you haven't listened to that episode, stop this one, go back, listen to the previous episode, and you'll start to see yeah. some of the basic tenets of the Christian Christian theism worldview. It's, it's essentially the Christian worldview. Right. Here is the way a believer views the world. Right. And so based on that, now we're going to start to compare and contrast other worldviews. And so today's episode, we're going to be talking about the idea of deism. Ben, you want to give them just a synopsis yeah. of what this is? Yeah, so last week, what we talked about is that in theism, the reason why it's called theism is because, again, God's name in the New Testament the word for God in the New Testament is theos. The first letter of that is the theta in the Greek language, in the Greek alphabet. Well, as a result of that, 
Theism is what we believe about God, what we believe about God in relation to the world, what we believe about God in, 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 in the universe and how all of it plays together. In deism, Christian deism, it's the same concept because the, word, the letter D or the delta in the Greek alphabet is the first letter of the word God, but not God the Father. In, in theos God, it, he is big G capital G God in deism. It's um, the idea is it's, he's a God, uh, small G. And that makes sense with really one of the basic core tenets of deism is yeah. that, yeah, there's a God, but he's not really active. He's not really a part of it. So yeah. it, you can start to understand why big G God is, yes, this is an all knowing yeah. sovereign God who controls all things, who knows all things versus little G God, eh, created once and then really doesn't have a handle on anything else. Right. He's uh, he's creator God, but he's more like the traditional ph- philosophical way of looking at it is that he's the he's the clock maker. Yes. So he made the clock. It's a, it's an intricate design. It's a beautiful design, but he's also but he's not now in charge of it anymore. It's like yeah. he he built it, wound it up. You know, wound up the clock. One of those that you you know old fashioned ones where you watch, you wind your watch, and then when it runs out, the universe will stop to it will cease to exist. We go to heaven, and it's that's, and that's all it. it is. And God doesn't really have anything to do with it after He yeah. creates it. And I've heard different people who would maybe they don't claim this title, but they would be essentially based on their worldview a deist. Yeah. They have used different terminologies for God. So um, God is um, an energy. Um, he is, you know, he's a uh, a presence. Um, some people just call it divine providence without necessarily yeah. attributing it to anything or anybody. Um, and, and so I think that's important because it's really this squishy, fluid, like, yeah, ah, yeah, something, something had to happen, but... Yeah, I'm not going to go so far to say that it was a you know loving present God. Now they did something once, and and that's pretty much it. Right. Yeah. The words that are used, the the Christian theolo- theo- theological words mm-hmm. that are used for Theos, big G God, is that He is not only is He transcendent, but He's imminent. Yep. Meaning that. When he's transcendent, means he's over all things, and he cares for all things, and he's he's sustainer of all things, but that he's also an an imminent God who is personal and yes. with us. Where with deism, it's he's God who created things. Yep. He's the God of the Creator God that you read about in our founding fathers' language when they read about when you read Thomas Jefferson talking about. God, mm-hmm. oftentimes you will re- get the sense that he's talking about a creator God, but not a God who now acts on our behalf. Yes. And yeah. that's the biggest shift in, in thinking with deism. Yeah. And, and Thomas Jefferson was a deist. Yes. Uh, very much God created at one point in time, but now yeah. we've got to be the ones that control and, and move humanity forward before before time runs out yeah absolutely and 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 that rattles some cages mm-hmm. you know i know last i didn't ever have anybody come at me about the global warming thing or the yeah. climate change thing um but that rattle that'll rattle some cages i mean you know thomas jefferson wrote a bible i mean he he edited the bible yeah. to to his own liking and and he took he taught many of the teachings of jesus 
teachings of Paul, they were all good and he included those, but he also then took out all the uh, ideas of Jesus being divine, mm-hmm. Jesus uh, acting in miraculous ways, Jesus teaching, those sort or those uh, kinds of things that Jesus did, healings, all that got cut out of Thomas Jefferson's Bible yep. because he didn't see God as the one who is imminent. He right. saw him as the transcendent God, not as an imminent God who was with us. Yeah, and so deism, in some way, is kind of a it's kind of a band aid. You know, it's a way that I can make myself feel better in in some regard by saying, yeah, I believe in yeah. God, but now it doesn't really matter the way I live. It, yeah. it doesn't, you know, who is who is anybody to tell me how to live sure. because God's not in this anyways. Yeah. And, and so I think in, in some regards, it's kind of a, both a Band-Aid for, for us to feel better about ourselves, but also a kind of an excuse to yeah. live the way that we would choose to live. Yeah, because you don't have to you don't have to answer to a personal authority. Right. You you're not you're not no one is, you know, the killjoy that's up there in the sky, you know, the uh the uh I've heard him called the, you know, the the, the master of the universe but not but only in the regards that he created it, yeah. you know. Um I, I know that it's an old song but some of the people that are my age will be familiar with it. When we were in college, we were asked to uh, analyze music, current music, and and even just go home and listen to our parents' music and analyze for worldview. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones that was really famous at the time was Bette Midler's song, uh, God is Watching Us. <laughs> because the language that she uses is, is God is watching us from a distance. Yeah. That would... And in fact, that may be the, the name of the song. It's from a distance. But she says in, in the song, she says, in, uh, God is watching us from, from his perspective. The world is blue and green. Mm. There's no personal. He just sees us. He's sitting up there, not able to intervene, yeah. not even willing to intervene. And so he's just a God who is impersonal and not able to act on our behalf. Yeah. So... Uh, some of the we've been we've been kind of walking through some questions that that we were using for every one of these worldviews, and so we've kind of already answered what is reality, like what yeah. is the nature of creation, what is the nature of the creator from uh, the deist point of view, and, and so I guess the next question that kind of follows that is what is the nature of the world around us? Then um, how how does the world operate? from a perspective of a deist where there is a God who has created but is not personal or involved. Yeah, the difference is when Paul says, you know, in Romans chapter 1, that we can, that we are without excuse because we can see the universe as it is ordered by God himself. Mm-hmm. The difference with a deist is, is they would look at it and say, that doesn't really tell us anything. Yeah. That the universe is just what it is. It's a blob. It's it, It's cool. I mean, some of the things that we see in creation, I mean, one of my bucket list things is to go and and see the Grand Canyon. That's just yeah. something I want to do. Um, and Jill's like, oh, so you want to hike it or do the whitewater? No. <laughs> I kind of want to do the, the Clark W. Griswold thing. I want to stand at the rim of it and watch and just yeah. look at it and maybe drive from different parts and look at it. But, yeah, I, you they would look at that and say that's not necessarily something god did that's just something that i don't see god's acting in that i just yeah. see that as being something that the maybe a flood created it or maybe as rivers yeah. and whatever water over time yeah and that's kind of how that 
well, the deist point of view from a, a creation standpoint, and then so now by extension, the world that we live in is that creation is done. Right. God had created at one point in time, and now everything is just left to fend for himself. Yep. So there is there is an order to creation, but it, it that order is closed. Yep. There's there's nothing. Um, there's nothing miraculous that would ever happen. Nope. Um, everything can be explained away, and and nothing therefore is attributed to God. Right, right, uh, yeah. Because whatever happens is what was supposed to happen. Whatever happens was already in the works of happening. So if a meteor crashes into the into Earth, it was supposed to happen that way. That was the way God ordered it. Mm-hmm. He again. I've, you know, heard the, um, the examples or the, whatever you call those, uh, examples of things like you, those kids, when we were kids, you hit the top, but the button, the button on top of the top, yeah. it was a top and you yep. made it spin. You let it go. Yep. As soon as it's done spinning, that was all it was supposed to do. Yeah. But if it crashed into the couch over there or if it hit the dog or whatever, that was already the way that was supposed to go. Yeah. Again, a watch that's been wound when it's unwound, when it finally runs out of time, that's all there is. God's not going to intervene. Couldn't intervene if he wanted to. It's kind of interesting because as we lay out this idea, there are some people who would say, I don't have a deist worldview from the standpoint of creation. I, I believe that God is very personal. I believe he is with us. I believe yeah. um, that he does love us. But yet they would also say, but everything is already mapped out including right. a- including the way that human beings would think and act and and yep. there there just leaves no room for free will and i think i've been guilty of that yeah you know cuz cuz yes god is all knowing god is providential and that, i'm not saying that is not true but there has to be an element of free will and we can get to that here in just a little bit, sure. but but I think it's important for us to note that that there are some blurred lines in people's minds, or, or at least maybe not what they would claim, but the way that they act. Sure, there are a lot of people who would believe that God is the Creator, but yet every single thing, well, that was supposed to happen. That right. was what was ordered, as yep. opposed to well, this happened because humans have <laughs> have free will and have chosen this yep. doesn't mean God was caught off guard by it. Nope. So, well, and you know what I, what's interesting is as you say that you, I think people unknowingly or unwittingly, or even uh, not even really thinking through the implications of that mm-hmm. will say things like when your time's up, it's up. Yeah. So what's the, what's the logical re, re, uh, result of that? Well, if your time is only ordered in such a way in so many days and so many seconds and so many minutes, then you become not like that grand design that God created the universe and wound it up. And he's done the same with us. Hmm. And me, so what do you do with that? Well, then it doesn't do any good if I pray for something because it doesn't matter one way or the other. It's right. what was supposed to happen in the first place. Well, this, this, can, be a, yeah. this can be a very difficult conversation because yeah. I, I would say, you know, God does know the days every man's days are numbered yep. but then then again what you're saying is that there is no point in from a deist perspective yeah there is no point in a human's life that god will intervene no nope. 
and, and so unless then, unless he had already intended, unless to he do had that. already intended to do that, or set it up that but way. But uh, yeah, it, we can get in the weeds on this. And even the more difficult thought process with a deist is not even so much would God intervene if he God wouldn't intervene even if he wanted to. Well, he doesn't want to. He doesn't have a personal relationship. Yeah. So there's the weirdest. That there's how sometimes our worldviews kind of clash. And we have these over art, those circles that overlap. I can't mm-hmm. think of what they're called, but you know what I'm concentric you, circles. Concentric circles, yes. where they kind of overlap. And when you say, when people, you know, you hear people say, "Well, when your time is up, it's up." Mm-hmm. Did yeah? The Bible says that God has appointed a day for us to be born and a day for us to die. But in so much of that perspective is taken in such a way that we know that God knows the from the beginning to the end of things. Mm -hmm. So it's not so much, I don't believe it so much that God said, okay, on April 15th of 2064 is when you're going to die. He created you in your inmost being, knowing the number of hairs on your head, but he also knows the day you're going to die. Yeah. And that's such a different shift. Yeah. Because I think God intends for us to ask for things that we need. I think God intends for us to pray for those who are sick and, and, mm-hmm. and God asks, I think he wants us to pray for miracles mm. and that he can intervene in those things. It's just that he already knows what you're going to pray yeah. because he knows the beginning from the beginning to, and this is a, this is like that theological wormhole yeah. that so many people have a difficult time going through. And I think what the struggle that you have is where, where do you view God in it mm-hmm. or how, where do you view God's ability through it? If you view God as the one who is still able to act on our behalf, then you're not acting in a deistic worldview, right? You're still trusting in God to do the right thing and to be working for you and to heal and those sort of things. Yeah. Whereas with a deist, they say, God, whatever happens is not really in, God doesn't have anything to do with it at all. There's not much hope from a deist perspective. No. Not in this life, especially. It's like Mm -hmm. God doesn't really want to interact. God doesn't want to be involved. God isn't personal. Right. And God has, has, will not intervene regardless of the situation. Right. That's a little bit of a downer. It's a downer. And that's, and that's the digression that the longer this goes on, that's the digression that you'll see in the worldview because really, and, and again, we can t- we'll talk about this next week without getting too far into it now. Next week, we'll start talking about if, okay, if God created all of this, but then doesn't have anything to do with it, and I can figure out how to cure cancer, or I can figure out how to to give, you know, create something that will benefit mankind or I can figure how the brain works, mm-hmm. then God must not exist at all. Hmm. Why does, why do we need God? Yeah. If I can do those things, right. Galileo, you know, figures out how the world spins around, the earth spins around on if he can do Now he was a believer. Yeah. But if you can do all that and, and, and not really have God's help, then maybe God doesn't exist at all. Hmm. Man. So that's a difficult line, and it's a really thin line, I think, with people. And that's why I think when you started to head down that path, but that's why desperation occurs when people when when people are praying hard for something to happen and it seems as though God is not there or not mm-hmm. listening or not reacting. Yeah. It leads to that, where are you, God? Mm-hmm. Are you God? Yeah. And how does that really play itself out? 
Wow. Yeah, there's there's a whole lot of wormholes that we could go down. Yeah. And, and again, in all of this, it's to give you kind of a basic level <laughs> of all of these. There are so many places right. that you can go uh, and just go down as many wormholes as you desire. Yep. Uh, but that is not this podcast. So Right. Um, yeah, because I'm not that smart. I, I'm, the thought I'm processes are really closing in on yeah. exhausting my level <laughs> of, of expertise in this, but <laughs> we're only, we're only 30 minutes in. So I could suggest some really good books. There we go. Yes. Yeah. So I guess the third kind of standard question for all of these worldviews is, is then, so if we've examined what creation is, we've examined what um, reality is, then where do humans fall in this worldview, who, who are they? Yeah. I mean, if you think about what a theism, the theistic worldview says is that we were created in God's image and we believe that God, you know, has a personality that God is compassionate, that God is forgiving, loving all those things that God is. And in his personality does toward us and for us, if God is not personal and we are personal, then that means we're not created in the image of God at all, right. that we're, we're creations maybe of God, but certainly doesn't have anything to do with his image or his personality. Yeah. So we are, and we are limited in what we, the amount of time we live on earth, you know, yeah. uh, obviously we know, and people know that we pass away. That's a, mm-hmm. it's a f- fundamental fact of life Yeah. that we're not going to live forever, that we are going to at some point pass away and there's just no other, there's just no other path for us. Yes. And it's, again, it's a really difficult line with people who are, who are believers that I, I, I have had conversations with people throughout the years in ministry, in my years in ministry that are, are they're They'll say things like, well, when I die, that's just it. Mm-hmm. What are they saying that they believe about God? They don't. They don't make that comment and say, "Well, many will say I'm going to heaven or whatever." Some will just say, "Well, that's it. That's when I when my time's up, it's up." Yeah. But that's not it. What, right. What we believe is there's something beyond that. Yeah. In deism, there good people go to heaven. When we die, that's that's the natural thing that happens. Yeah. But, but beyond that, there's just a it's just you're just dead. Well, and, and <laughs> here's where, in that regard, deism falls apart, because if the good people go to heaven, and and God, who we would we would say from deist perspective is the creator, but has now taken his hands off. Yeah. So he's not given us any revelation. The yeah. Bible is is really not any source of authority in a deist worldview. When we approach the issue of death and good people go to heaven, who or what is the measuring stick by which we determine good from evil? Yeah, there's none. There's none. Right. Because everyone can have somebody that they would feel like they are morally superior than. Yeah. Uh, yeah, your measure of good is what you measure it. It's so subjective that yeah. they're, it totally falls apart. Right. And, and I feel like this is really the moment that it does. It falls apart at every... Every piece of this. Right. But this is kind of the glaring one. Yeah. If good people go to heaven when they die, but God has not given us the standard, then who has set the standard? Right. Is it just what I've perceived to be good? Yeah. But I don't know what's your... If you've done some good deed... Right. But internally, it's for selfish gain. Right. 
then I wouldn't call that good. But right. how do I know that? Because I can't read your mind. Right. You, you can start to get in all these philosophical arguments yeah. and see why this falls apart. And again, you, we, you, you could jump straight ahead to the very one of the last two weeks in our list of things and say, well, that, that sounds an awful lot like relativism. It mm-hmm. sounds an awful lot like, you know, uh, moral relativism where if I think it's good, it's good. If I, yep. but, it, but, but I can't impose that on you. Yep. And that's again, when you take what we'll see by the next week's, what by the next week's podcast, God is totally out of the picture. Mm-hmm. When you take God, when you, when you confine God to a box, sitting in a sitting off in a distance, looking at us, and everything's red and green, and there's wars, and you know people dying, and there's no and nothing happens. When you start to take God out of that picture and His ability to interact and act with us and on our behalf, next thing you know, you're in the world of, well, I must be God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If I'm controller and, and and of my own universe, then I must be God. Yep. So there's there's a real dip into despair where this whole idea of worldview is, and then there'll be an uptick, but the uptick doesn't include God anymore. It includes you and me yep. and what we find to be our center of universe, yep. a source of strength and power and whatever yeah, else. That's going to be a fun one because that is a very, very pervasive worldview that we see on display yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. But so, okay, from a, from a DS perspective, let's get back to that. Why, why is it possible to know anything then? From a DS perspective, how can we know about God? How can we know anything? How is yeah. anything to, revealed to us? Yeah, and again, this is what's so weird with, with deists. I mean, because again, when you look at, when you look at the writings of like John, uh, Thomas Jefferson or of uh, you know, Abraham, not Abraham Lincoln, well, Abraham Lincoln, some would say he teetered on the old idea of deism, but mm-hmm. uh, George Washington, Benjamin Franklin, some of these per, for pervasive writers, these yeah. ones that we see on the quotes on the wall at in Washington, D.C. or wherever, you start to pick up the idea that they, they would give credit to God for creating the universe in its ordered fashion. Mm-hmm. Now, again, they would, they would call him the, uh, the, the grand architect or the yeah. grand designer of the thing. So really, you can look at the universe and see God god's design Mm -hmm. you just can't see him acting on its behalf it's up to us to take it from here yeah 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 it's up to us to figure out how it operates and then operate within its boundaries i suppose wow which again is you know it's really amazing that we you know technology from the time you know the turn of the century or the turn of the millennia you know, you see all these advances when people, we went from, you know, Gutenberg creating the printing press to 1969, we're on the moon. Yeah. I mean, uh, that's incredible. Yep. But you also can see that people are, as they advance in thought, we can figure things out. I mean, otherwise, if you can't study the universe, how do you get to the moon? Right. How do you even know you can do that? Yeah. Well, they because people were studying it, they would call some of that science. Mm-hmm. But we also know that there's no gravity on the moon, and there's gravity on Earth, and there's all kinds of things that happen between those two ninety however many millions of miles the moon is away. Yeah, and they know how it spins and all that. They started so you can learn about God by watching the universe. You just we just know that God didn't do anything after. Yeah, yeah. And so it's an odd. It's just an odd perspective. To it's take. just it's really stopping short 
of, of identifying God as who he really is. Yeah. You know, or, um, yeah, yeah, he is creator, but he's so much more than that. Yeah. Uh, from a Christian theist perspective. Yes. Uh, he is so much more than creator. Yep. But yeah. So uh, we've kind of hit on this a little bit, but let's go back to the issue of, of ethics of what is right and what is wrong from a deist perspective. How does one come to that conclusion then? Yeah. And it's, it's, you said it a while ago. It's what I decide. It's, it's nothing special. There's no special revelation. We don't have the Bible. The Bible's not necessarily relevant to us. I mean, the teachings of Jesus are fine and they're good. He's a good teacher and all those things, but really a list of other good teachers, other good, lots of good teachers, things we can learn and glean from many, you know, people throughout history that bring us moral and ethical, you know, standards. But really, it's more about what I learn about myself and what I learn to be, what is good for, again, me, what is, you know, almost all people would agree. I mean, you got your outliers and people we read about throughout history mm-hmm. that are not good moral standard and character people, yeah. you know, that they kill and they, you know, go to war and they dominate and they do all those things and, and take over countries and whatever else. You read about those, but for the most part, we grow up learning that it's not okay for me to hit people in the head with a stick. Right. You know, yeah. Yeah. it's not okay for me to steal. It's not yeah. okay for me to do bad things. We, we have a, an innate thing that is good and bad. Yeah. So that's where we start to learn what our ethics are again. So that's so dangerous because at some point my ethics standard is different than yours. Yeah. And how do those two things meet and, or how do they clash? Right. Yeah. It's, you're going to come to those moments where they're the standards, even, even as close as you and I could get to our standard of right and wrong, you're going to come to a point where those aren't going to match up. Not at all. Depending on my experience and your experience. And, and again, this is just two people, right? You and I left to our own devices. We'll come to a spot where, yeah, we're not going to agree. I right. think this is right. You think this is wrong. Absolutely. And right there with just two people, we see, okay, there needs to be a standard. There needs to be an arbitrator that says this is actually the truth. Right. Now you factor in however 7 billion people all with varying ethical scales and yep. you start to see the problem. And right. again, we're going to hit this be- a lot more when we talk about more relativism. But again, it comes to the the point that there has to be a creator. There has to be an arbitrator of truth who has not just created, but also given us the ethical code that we're called to, to live by. Yeah. Uh, from our perspective, we've utterly failed at that, and so we need yeah. Jesus. Um, but there has to be a creator who has given us the standards of right and wrong and yeah. has not just given us that, has also uh, implanted that in us uh, with our conscience and with divine revelation. Yeah, you start to think about how fast you're going to drive on your way home tonight. Yeah. Um, well, Paul would tell us to obey the laws of the land the government has established in you know, the Romans 13. Yep. Submit to your governmental authorities. Uh, most of us, though, look at a speed limit sign and think it's only a suggestion yes. for us. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I'm, and I'm not downing people. I, I drive over the speed limit myself. Well, yeah. I hope there are no policemen listening, but whatever, yeah. you know, yeah. we all do something yes. of that nature and where we look at what we're being told as the, well, I mean, that's okay for so-and-so right? or that's okay. My, my wife 
always follows the speed limit or almost 99% really? of the time she will drive the speed limit. Whereas with me, it's like, yeah, I don't drive fast. Yeah. I just drive faster than I'm supposed to yeah. by the law. And so I think that that's, that's one of those things where when we say we, well, wh why am I being, why is this being imposed on me? Mm -hmm. Well, in some sense, you know, why, why did God say thou shalt not steal? Well, there's a standard by which he wants us to live. Yes. But it's, it's about how we treat people. It's about how we interact with people. That's not yours. You didn't pay for it. You didn't, you know, you didn't work for it. And so sometimes with deism, you start to look at everything is kind of good. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all good. Everything's fine and yeah. good, but, um, it's just a, it's just a shifting away from God and his word and his love for us and his interacting with us to, ah, I'm just going to do what feels right for me. Yep. You know, do it. And Burger King used to say it, have it your way. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yep. I'm going to have it with tomato and pickle, you right. know, as opposed to what you may have it. Yep. So, yeah. So, in regards to humans, um, because humanity has to have an end point, um, yeah. human history, it, it has a beginning and has an end. What is the point of all that? Yeah. What is, what is human history culminating in from a deist point of view? The end. Yeah. It's nothing. It's the end. It's yeah. just, it just ceases to exist. Yeah. It, it, it will come to an end. Good people go to heaven when they die. And again, does that mean anything to anybody? Does that mean everybody goes to heaven? Does that mean only some go to heaven? It doesn't even matter because God's not really in charge of that. It's just kind yeah. of a nebulous sort of thing. Um, yeah, the universe just comes to an end. It wow. ceases to exist. It, there's yeah. not a thing. I've never really heard a good explanation of what a deist would say happens. Yeah. I don't know if it just floats off, if it just pop poof yeah. and it's gone <laughs> yeah, poof. i don't know if it burns up into a big ball of flames i don't know i don't really understand that aspect of yeah. it but yeah there god it, it god created it set it in motion and now when it stops it all just is done that's We're just it done with it and and so then you get to the you come to the conclusion of well why does anything matter then right if that's where if it goes. human history just yeah. ends yeah with no real fanfare um, no, you know, no real standard of who is good and who is bad and who will go to heaven and who will go to hell. Right. Uh, it, it's just arbitrary. So then why do I need to worry about anything? Sure. Why do I need to have ambition? Why do I need to, to yeah. strive for things? Why do I need to yeah. care about my family? Why do I need to love people? Because in the end, it all doesn't matter. I just need to be better than somebody that I perceive being worse than me. You know, as long as there's somebody worse than me, then I should be okay by that standard. Absolutely. And, and so you get to this point and, and you're like, from this perspective, nothing matters. Right. You start to see why Paul says, well, listen, if, if Christ hasn't come, if none of this is true, right. then let's just eat, drink, and be married for tomorrow we die. Yep. Stoics and the Epicureans, that's their yeah. philosophy. So let's just do that. Yep. Do whatever makes you feel right. Do whatever makes you feel good because... When you die, it's all going to end anyway. That's so it. just be happy. Yeah. You know, um, and it's so hard again because you, you start to look at how that advances down the road. And again, if, you know, don't, don't want to jump too many steps forward, but when you, you become like Frederick Nietzsche who says, you know, God is dead. Yeah. There is no God. 
atheism is just born out of this idea that if my life sucks and God isn't going to do anything about it, then there must not even be a God. Right. So that there's no God, then that means my life is meaningless. Yep. Now, Solomon says everything under the sun is meaningless, but he never says life is meaningless. Right. Right? Yep. The, the things I've attained maybe are meaningless. Paul will say that. Yep. That everything I've, I've done up to this point is rubbish compared to knowing Christ. Yes. Well, if you take Christ out of the equation, then what is what is it that m- the stuff that I've done, accomplished or not accomplished, what does it equal to? <laughs> you're just left with everything you're, is rubbish. <laughs> you're just left with rubbish. Yeah. Literally a pile of trash. Yeah. And if my life is a pile of trash, then what's the point of living? Yeah. And so the despair, that's the, the point that I was talking about a while ago. That's the lowest level of despair is, you know, if God doesn't exist, you know, in, in, in the Bible, of course, it says in the heart a fool says there is no god well if there's no god then what is my life for what am i here for and then there has to be a bounce of well i've got some kind of purpose yeah and maybe it's not god but maybe it's something else yeah so yeah last week we talked about how in theism we can learn something from our past you know we can learn that when you take god out of a school system what are you left with well you're left Mm -hmm. with you know atheism you're left with creation or uh, 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 evolution mm-hmm. you're left with you know when you take god out of government there's you got all kinds of bad things yes. that occur politically and and nationally and internationally so how do we learn from those mistakes when well, we step back and we even have it on our our dollars and our coins in yep. god we trust yep when you when you trust in God, you can learn from the mistakes you've made in history and say, how can we do better yep. in lining our morals and our values up with God? If there is not that, if nothing that happened in history has anything relevant to teach us yep. from from his perspective. There's no need to improve because I'm not moving towards a state of improvement anyways. Right. I'm just plummeting towards the end. Towards with, despair. Yeah. With, death. with no hope right. and death awaits right yeah there's no need for any of that nope well thankfully we don't believe we this worldview to be right. true exactly. so uh yeah. you you do have hope through christ and I, I think that's important to kind of come back to as we wrap each of these um alternative worldviews yeah. up is that we do believe that your life has purpose we do believe wholeheartedly that god is the creator but he's not left us to fend for ourselves. He's given us his word. Uh, he's given us the authority to stand on in that. Uh, he has given, he's given us the Holy Spirit that convicts yeah. us, that draws us in to yep. him. Uh, he's given us his son yep. who's died for our sins because we have screwed things up royally. Yep. And what that should show us, because in the heart of every person, you know you have messed some things up. Yeah. You've made mistakes. You, As the Bible will call them, you've sinned. Yeah. Uh, and so based on a, again, a Christian theism worldview, uh, you deserve the eternal punishment that comes from going against a holy, righteous, perfect creator God. Right. And you can't pay that penalty yourself mm-hmm. because the, the remedy to a God-sized solution that we have created is God himself. Yeah. And so in his grace, he has provided his son to die on the cross, to die the death that you and I deserved, but he has proven that he is God by rising from the dead three days later, and he waits to return to bring those who have put their trust in him hope of the kingdom to come. And so um, while we talk about this idea of deism, uh, we wholeheartedly reject it. (laughs) We don't believe this to be true, and and we want to make sure that you're equipped to recognize that, 
but also understand that we do not believe, not just our opinions, based on the Word of God, we yeah. don't believe this worldview to be true. Right. Uh, we believe that that uh, the way of the Bible, what the, the Scripture tell us, uh, that is the worldview by which we should view everything. Yeah, absolutely. And, and because He is good, and because He has provided all those good gifts for us, we have an opportunity, as you were saying, all those things that we have to reinforce for us who yes. we are in God's, we even have the church that helps us to, to come together with people who are of like mindedness yep. to support one another and, and through those kinds of times. So yeah, it's a real, it's a real step back mm-hmm. when you, when you consider deism and, and what we, what we have is good news. Yes. And if you, what we want you to be able to do is say, and catch, you know, in conversation or in when you start to hear these things, the reason why it's so important for you to understand what theism is compared to deism is that so many people really need to hear the the good news of the gospel that you just described and, yeah. and you just laid out there that we, that's why that is so important for us to know, yes. have a knowledge of what God's word is and what God intends for us. Yep. And when, so that we can share and maybe inject some hope you know, back into folks' lives. So. Absolutely. Well, hey, if you've made it this far, I want to thank you so much for listening. Um, we we appreciate every single one of our listeners. Uh, we're we're up over about thirty five hundred listens, yeah. which is just weird. It's yeah. just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, so, but that's not possible without you guys. Right. And uh, we want to thank you for liking, for sharing, for commenting, uh, for just being a part of these conversations with us. Um, and, and so, uh, we hope to just continue this. Uh, we hope to equip the church to inform uh, new believers and to have conversations with people who are not yet believers. Yeah. Uh, and we hope to to bring all of you into that conversation. So we would love uh, one last time, if you would like this, if you would share this uh, and you would leave us a rating and review on whatever platform uh, that you're listening. And in the meantime, we'll catch you back here on the next episode of Since You Asked. Thanks for listening to Since You Asked. Join us next time as we tackle more of your burning questions.